Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Okay, hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I'm here live on the line with Kedma. Oh, Kedma, are you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. Glad to have you here. So let me do a quick introduction here for you before we get into anything else. We've got, um, is you're one of today's uh, most respected authorities on business funding and entrepreneurship and nationally recognized business coach, small business administration, award-winning small business champion. Um, and you've got uh, a book coming out this week, you said, called Target Funding, yes. Yes. Um, which uh, mm-hmm. I guess helps you obtain um, funding, even if you've, you know, faced bankruptcy and exhausted other avenues. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's specifically for like business funding? Yes, uh, specifically business funding. So in every facets of business funding. Yes. Awesome. So what I like to start every show with is what are you known for today? What is it that people come to you, Kedma, for? Why do they bring you on to speak on stages or hire you? What are the reasons that they, uh, that they reach out to you? And while you're doing that, show off your cape because it's not often I have superheroes <laughs> bring their own capes to the show. So yeah, so these are my capes. Um, and actually all my capes are customized with my initial K. Uh, and one of the things I'm known for is I am dubbed the small business superhero. So on every keynote, every event, I am in my uniform. This is not a costume. I take it very seriously. And, um, so much so that if I'm not in uniform, people will think something is wrong. So, uh, so yeah, so I talk on stage uh, two reasons people really know me. They know me for my expertise in funding because that's what I specialize in. And they actually hire me also because of my work on what it takes to be a superhero. So my origin story matches that. And I, I really believe in the idea that um, there are real superheroes in the world not the ones we just see on film or read in comics. And so I brought mine to life. So I live it every day. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the, actually the reason why I built this show um, and why I put it together is because I, I think uh, particularly entrepreneurs are an unsung hero of the world. Um, you know, the, the, they're the people holding up the world and making it go around. And I think the uh, getting in and actually telling some of their stories through that lens of that, uh, that comic book hero, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that's something we're all familiar with. We're all familiar with the comic book hero story arc and like putting real people into that arc and seeing how, how it works. So anyways, it's super cool. So <laughs> let's actually talk about your origin story, right? You know, every hero has an origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. Um, what yeah. sort of really started that journey for you that where you could, um, you could get, you know, get into Ooh, this journey? That's a really tough question. So let me answer it this way. Uh, in my lens of how I see the world, I only see four characters in the world, okay? 
the first character I see is the victims of the world. So, you know, suffice to say there are victims, right? However we slice it, there are people that have been harmed in the world or are currently being harmed. The second is the spectators. These are the ones who yeah. watch, observe, don't necessarily get involved. The third is, of course, the villain. Their yeah. job is to create harm. And thank God we have superheroes, right? Because if we only had life with the first three, we'd be in trouble. So um, the reason my origin is so tied to my cape is unfortunately, if we looked at life as a movie, right? Uh, if we saw into the lens of people's movie, uh, I was born into what I would call a horror movie where I had a real villain. Um, and so I grew up in an environment that was really, really difficult. And usually in a movie like a horror film, you don't escape. You don't have a superhero. Uh, and so my life changed at the age of 18 where I actually did escape. Uh, and so I talk a lot about this on my keynotes. I don't know how much time we have, but I will tell you that I escaped and uh, went into hiding for five years. And uh, everything I do today is related to that origin and it's related to uh, making a commitment to help others who have struggled and continue to struggle. So um, the reason I am a hero in my mind is because uh, it's not a movie. I played it out in real life uh, and uh, I was one of the lucky ones who made it. So how did, how did that transition from you having that story where you were actually the victim and escaped from that into being an entrepreneur who's helping other people? How did, how did you make Great that transition? Great question. So, um, so of course, there's a lot of, of sort of built into that. But, you know, at, the, at, at a very young age, at the age of 18, um, I made a commitment to um, essentially give up service for the rest of my life. And I learned really quickly, there's only two places in the world you can change people's lives in their home or in their business environment. And so I really got my crux, um, sort of my first big break uh, after I got my degree as the director for the Women's Business Center in Arizona. And that entire uh, career path was all about serving women, serving entrepreneurs, uh, serving people with disabilities, and really that was my aha, right? Um, I knew my origin, but I needed to fill it into my career. And mm -hmm. so that's where it really began. Now, let, I just wanna sort of step back. I, I'm a fifth generation entrepreneur, so I was born an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's in my DNA. So I've always believed I was an entrepreneur. I just didn't know how to uh, use what I knew in a way that um, created a, a career and also served people. Awesome. So it's, uh, um, it, was, it was sort of a, a long journey from one place to the other for you. Uh, yes. I mean, it, you know, to me, everything I have received in life was as a result of the biggest challenges I've gotten. And so what I've learned through my career is, you know, I managed the Women's Business Center. I've been, you know, innovation director for the Small Business Development Center. But it doesn't matter. In every single career, the one crux is very simple. One, it has to be entrepreneurship because that's what I love. Uh, and two, it's helping people break through barriers so that they can be successful. Uh, so I'm the kind of person who, when a barrier is in front of me, I'm ready to fight. I, I'm, I look forward to it because it's an everyday thing, right? As superheroes, if we're not given barriers, we don't, nobody needs us. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have a, a reason to do we don't what have we right. do. We don't have right. Right. We're problem solvers. Give us exactly. problems to solve. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your superpowers. What is it that you do or build or offer this world that helps solve problems for other people? The things that you use to slay this world's villains, so to speak. Mm. I think I have the master, the, the ability to master truth really quickly. I think that's a really important gift and I can speak to how I do that. Um, truth and simplifying things. I think in, in our world where we over communicate, we lose translation, right? It's like this, this, this gobble, cloudy, nobody knows what anybody's really saying. And I like to think about it like a three-year-old, you know? Yeah. I will often say, let me hear what I'm hearing right now. Let me understand this, 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 and this. Oh, okay. So I'll give you a really simple example uh, as far as my slaying. I had a situation happen where a coach called me who was having a challenge with a client. And he says to me, I need to set up a meeting with you because we don't know what to do with this client. I said, what's the matter? Well, this client was paying someone under the table and this person got hurt, but they don't know why workman's comp didn't cover it. Mm -hmm. And they want to know, you know, how they can get workman's comp to cover it because, you know, they can't afford to pay for this medical bills. So this is what I said. Okay. Let me understand. The client is paying someone under the table. Is that correct? Yes. He says, oh, but the client didn't know that. I said, did the client know what the term under the table is? He said, yes. Okay. So they were paying on the table. They understand the term. And then the person got hurt and they want to know why workman's comp doesn't help them. And all of a sudden the coach says, you just answered my question, didn't you? I said, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because I yeah, said it in a very simple way without putting all these little, you know, information yeah, pull, behind it. Pull all the story out and just get the actual, like, here's just the, the facts. reality. Here's the reality. So um, the yeah, other thing I do is I, I simply... Uh, putting cookies on the lower shelf. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So I lower that translation in funding. People make this all this confusion in the funding world, you know, around loans and criterias and investment. And all people want is money. <laughs> they yeah, just want to just give me the money. Show me where it just is. Just give it, tell me the money. And so, um, so I really like to break it down in, in a way that me, ma matches their communication style and gives them what they need. So when it comes to funding, do you just on that side of the business, is it something that you just teach or do you actually come in and, and into someone's business and help them acquire funding? Where, do, where does that business come in? Yeah. So twofold. Um, one is I love to teach because it's better for me to teach you how to create your own. But at times I do work with clients where uh, I develop the report. Um, in the teaching aspect, I literally teach people how to find what I call hidden money. And my context from that is every single day, there's a funding party going on every single day. The problem is, is you're not invited to the party. And sometimes my clients say, well, I want to crash the party. I go, how do you crash a party you're not invited to? And you don't even know exists. Yeah. You have to know where it exists to crash the party. So the first thing I do is I bring them into the world so that they can understand how to target funds specific for them mm -hmm. and then decide which funding party do they want to join? Do they want to join the grant party, the resource party, the contract party, the equity party, because there are parties happening every day, but people don't understand how to play in the parties. 
Yeah, and you have to decide like which type of funding has which type of impact on your business. You nailed it. And I just like just hearing the words from some of those things. Like if you're talking equity party, that's where you're like someone is going to take a an equity position in your yes. business in exchange for funds versus like a grant probably has some sort of like you know requirement um potentially right so like there's yes. different there's different different gives yes and and to your to point i live in the world of grants and resources and my philosophy is simple i would rather offer you an opportunity to apply for funds that you don't have to repay back. That's the definition to me of grants. You don't have to pay, repay the full amount of money or full around your, or you're getting subsidy. I'd rather that than me offering you debt, which is what a loan is or equity where you're losing yeah. a percentage of shares. So if I can get you funds without you repaying back or without you having to pay out, that gets me excited. So, and, and you're generally helping businesses get working capital and things like that? All over the map. It all depends where a client's at. I help people at pre-seed. So if you're at research and development and you say, I have an invention, I have no idea how to pay for the patent search or the patent process, that's pre. Uh, if you're at the startup phase and you're looking at things for working capital, yes. If you're at the ex expansion phase, I need um, jobs. I need to buy my own office. I then we can help at that level as well. So, so here, let's do a, let's do real world real quick, um, just because <laughs> it might as well. Um, so I have I have a supplement company, right? Here's one of our supplements. Here's our, our shameless plug for the day, right? Supplement oh. company, and uh, we have we've already got all the research done. Products are done. Products are live. They're on on Amazon. We are making sales. Okay. Right. One of the things that we would um, that has been holding me back with uh, with driving that business forward is I need to have um, a bunch of audience building stuff done, right? So we need to put funds into um, some Facebook ads and some other ads to actually do some audience building stuff. And then um, like staff, you know, a couple of staff members to help manage some of the uh, advertising and stuff. There wouldn't be a huge amount of working capital, but any working capital would definitely help move some of that stuff forward. What okay. kind of stuff do you guys look at first, you know, a great question. Yeah. So first I would do a deep dive on your variables because everything is built on variables. So I'd have to first look at where you're located, right? So we know you're located Well, you're traveling around. So let's suppose your station, you say you're located in Florida mm -hmm. I would, or wherever you're licensed, where's your company so license? Perfect. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do a geographic reach around Florida. I want to see what County, what state, what city, uh, um, is supporting in terms of funds because there's a lot of funds we could find that way. I'm also going to do a deep dive on you. I need to understand um, if you're the full owner, if, if you have a spouse, if it's a woman owned business, do you have any background to like certain ethnicities or are you a veteran? Because every single variable tied to who you are mm -hmm. can attack some funds, right? So if I work with someone who is um, Hispanic, woman-owned veteran who um, happens to live in Florida, I can tie funding to those three variables. I then am going to look at your social issue and see, okay, who are you targeting for those nutritionals? So is it just everyday people? Is there people with obesity? Is it people who are dealing with diabetes? Because if you tell me that there are certain people you're marketing, then we're going to go after funds related to the social impact. So there could be um, funds set aside for 
people who are diabetic and maybe there's some research dollars or marketing dollars to support that category. So I would look at what is your social cause to this product? Is it just for mass market? Are you going after women? Are you going after people who have diabetes? Are you going after people with obesity? Because there are funds associated with social causes, right? So we would look so at- as, just as an example, one of the things that we do is we, we donate to uh, Vitamin Angels with every purchase, right? And that, that goes towards, uh, what do you call it? Um, the vitamin A deficiency across the world. Bingo. Okay. So now we want to look at that and say, okay, what other causes are tied to that? Because there's funding tied to those causes that you don't know about yet that we can circumvent to support your cause. The other thing I would look at is, your strategy for that. You said you needed a focus group. Then you said ads. I would look at, okay, is that one, is that the right strategy or can we bring you more visibility to get you the focus group? So for example, you know, we may be able to get you free PR, right? By getting your information to, uh, to, to a media or to some news coverage that drives that need. And so sometimes when we're, we're building this funding plan, we think we have to pay for it, right? It has to come out of our pocket. That's not how funding works. Funding is looking at every single variable you need, determining do you have to pay for it, or is there is an alternative, or what resources are available, or can we subsidize it? So I would yeah, look absolutely. at all of those variables, and then we would target the funds for it. That's interesting. So, and do you also have to like know how much funds you're looking for? Absolutely. You have to know how much funds um, because, you know, I want you to imagine that funding is like a pizza pie because everybody is seeing or eating pizza. Most people see funding as the entire pie. I need to do a loan. I need to do equity. I look at the pie as 12 slices. So if we took your need of $100,000, I'm going to say, where does the $100,000 fit into the 12 slices, right? So maybe 20,000 is coming from grants, 15,000 is coming from procurement, 10,000 may be coming from um, some kind of um, you know, response to, to the marketing. So we divvy up, not only based on variables, but based on the needs, you know, and, and, then, and then we target the funds that way. So you absolutely have to do that. And one of the things we put in my book is uh, creating your, your needs by order of priority. What do you absolutely need first? Because that's what we want to target first. Yeah, that's really interesting. And like, I, I wouldn't even have like, thought, thought to think about funding for the business because you know, I've, I've always grown up with bootstrap style businesses where yep. you're, you're doing your own yeah. funding out of your pocket. Right? So yeah. to think that you know, there's probably ways to get the funding that you need to yeah. run through it and like, um, it's one of those things too that like, and this just might be my perspective, but I'm always looking at like, okay, you said a hundred thousand dollars and I'm like, man, with a hundred thousand dollars, I could turn it into a million dollar business overnight. I'm thinking like, if I could get away with, you know, 10 grand in capital, then I could do a lot of things with that. Right. Right. So, so yeah. So let me give you some real life stories to make, to make it really real for, for you and, and the audience. Um, I love to study how funding plays out. So there is a Funding program that came out a few months ago in Portland, uh, and it was very interesting. There was like a three-week window, okay? And so it came from an economic agency, and this is what it said. Basically, it was a $125,000 grant 
um, where you got $25,000 every single year for five years, but you had to get in the game this year to get it, right? So imagine mm -hmm. you're getting in this game and you're getting 25,000 every single year. Not only that, not only the funds, but on top of that, you're getting all wraparound resources. But here was the variables. You had to be a for-profit. You had to be located in Portland, Multnomah County. You had to be needing working capital. That's your three variables. Mm -hmm. Your fourth variable is you had to be African-American or black. And your fifth variable is you had to be in the marijuana or cannabis business. Wow. Okay. So guess what? If you met three variables and you didn't meet the other two, you're not getting it. But if you met all five variables and you didn't know about it, you just lost out. Wow. Okay. So I'll give you another quick example. Me, my life story. Um, in 2008, I, uh, one of the reasons I wrote the book, just so you know, is because I reverse engineered the funding. In 2001, I filed bankruptcy. There are three reasons why people file bankruptcy. Job or a loss of a business, a health crisis, or the third, divorce. Most women file bankruptcy for divorce. I was in the third category. Uh, and literally, you know, it, it, worst, worst day of my life. And, uh, you know, two weeks later, <laughs> I got this credit card from Capital One for 200 bucks. Um, and I, I didn't tell your audience, but I'll tell you now. So my favorite game as a little girl was Monopoly. Yeah. If you've ever played Monopoly, when you go around the board, do you remember how much money you get? 200 bucks. That's right. So I was back in the game. I was like, I'm in the game. I'm ready to play. My 200 bucks was in. And so I went on a journey to uncover every single funding source for people like me, right? Who are good people that struggle, but deserve the American dream. Fast forward, 2008, I get approached by someone to say, there's a commercial opportunity for me to buy my own office. I say to them, I have filed bankruptcy. That's not possible. They say, oh, that's not one of the variables. I said, but I don't have the collateral. They said, oh, that's not one of the variables. I said, what's the variables? They said, oh, you have to be in business. Okay, you have to be located in Multnomah County. Okay, you have to be um, doing three years or more with profit. Okay, you have to do a community impact. You have to show that you've done something in your business to impact the community. Got it? And the last thing is you have to be a woman, a minority, or an immigrant. That was the five variables. So in 2008, I purchased my own office uh, for 6% down. In the last 10 years, my interest has been fixed at 0.04%. Wow. That's like almost free money. It is free money. Yeah. <laughs> it's less than half a percent. So that's an example, another example of how I tie variables to the funding. That's really crazy. So, yeah, I never would have, like, I don't, I wouldn't know anything about the, the, the funding stuff and like, this is, this is probably a, this, you know, strips and steps into the politics side a little bit, but I never even considered some of the funding stuff. Cause you know, I'm like a white male, right? And yes. There's yes. like no funding for anyone that's white male. I, re I remember going in college for that. Um, when we looked at, a um, for getting college, um, loans and other things. And it was like, there's, there's nothing available, um, for someone who's like a, an average height white male. <laughs> yes. So yes and no, you know, depends, you know, I mean, I deal with white males all the time and um, we may look at other variables and, you know, if we're going to be political, you're correct. I have to play in the legislative world a lot because a lot of the funding yeah. that comes down, 
really is about having the right lobbyists, right? Really about yeah. having the right champions. And we can't, you know, as a small business, right? Can you afford a lobbyist? Probably no. not. <laughs> Let's just be no. real here. But what you can do is you can align with a superhero who is constantly looking at all the funding that you mm -hmm. can get. And so in your case, if we can't go after the fact that you're not a minority or you're not gay or you're not veteran, then we can look at what is the social cause. We can look at where the geographic is. We can look at the size of the business because there are variables that are unique to you. Yeah, and like what your business is. That's really fascinating. And see, like I, uh, like I had never heard the, the term or the idea that there's variables other than like your minority status and things like that. So I just Tons sort of, of assume that it doesn't like, it's not even something I would, I would spend the time to look into. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So it's really fascinating to know that there's lots of different <laughs> variables and things that you get into. Like, like a, your business has a specific community cause. That's super cool. Huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, one of the things I actually teach a lot of my clients when they're getting their businesses up and going and off the ground is like, how can you tie some sort of a community cause to it? Because yep. not only does it do good things for the community, but it, it's also, they're good marketing points. And absolutely. People love to do businesses that are doing positive stuff for the community. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you know, it's local or global or whatnot. Yeah, and so what, what the aha moment is, is that funding is just like target marketing. When I say to you target marketing, you get it. You're like, of course, Kedma. We've got a profile. We have to see the customer demographics. We have to understand what they're looking for. I want you to apply that same mindset and know that it applies the same way in funding. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. You're just going the other way around. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So they're looking at your profile and your variables. Egg, and what you, makes you, you nailed Love it. it. Love you it. Nailed I'm going to have to read your book when it comes out here today. <laughs> uh, yes. What did you say? It was the ninth? The ninth? On the 12th. On the 12th. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's coming out shortly. Um, so my, my next question for you on the other side of superpowers is the fatal flaw, right? Something that has, um, you know, Superman has his kryptonite. Batman's not really super something that has held your business back or that you've held yourself back with that you've had to work on. And more importantly, how have you worked on fixing it for other people who might suffer from something similar? Mm. My fatal flaw, because I speak in truth is I believe people. Yeah. I honestly, you know, my husband, if you met him, he doesn't really believe in people, although I would challenge it, but he's like, he will constantly, he will require them to earn his trust. I don't require that because I believe people are face value. And one of the lessons I learned was uh, in one of my earlier businesses, I ran a daycare uh, because I have three boys and I did the math and it was too expensive to go to daycare. <laughs> so I started my own daycare. Absolutely. And um, I did everything right. I, I, I hired someone, I paid for their living, literally living expenses. So they had rent free, um, uh, living wages, everything they wanted. And uh, I entrusted them because they were managing the daycare because I was doing another, I had another business. And um, they embezzled $35,000 from me. It took me, it took me about three months to realize it. It was so significant in my business that I had to close the business. Um, the interesting part is they had, uh, they had figured out a legal loophole where I could not sue them for the money. And when I worked with the detectives, the detective said, this person was so sophisticated that legally you cannot get the money back. I said, but I paid them. I paid them full time. I got, they said, you're absolutely right. On paper, you've been embezzled, 
and you cannot go after the money because of the loophole that they knew about. Wow. And it was devastating for me. I mean, I cried and cried and cried. I cried. Actually, it's really, <clears throat> it's very emotional right now. I'll tell you why I cried. I cried because I had given that person so much. I had, I had lifted them up from poverty. And not only was it someone who harmed me, it was another woman who harmed yeah. me. And I couldn't understand in my mind why another woman would harm me. I couldn't understand it. And so I had to really step back and my, my, I still believe in people. I will never allow someone who's harmed me to taint other people. But now I have very clear boundaries and systems in place so that that never happens again. Yeah. And I know that's, it's a, it's a hard thing to deal with for, uh, cause I, I'm the same way. I tend to uh, trust first and ask questions later. Um, and, and the, it's a, it's a great positive mindset and skill to have because it lets you move quickly. Yeah. Right. If yep. you can, if yep. you can, uh, um, because it, it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's a double-edged sword because when you trust first and ask question later, you, you can, you can make decisions quickly. You can move quickly. You can do things fast and money loves yes. speed and entrepreneurship yes. loves speed. So it's a yes. great skill to have, but you yes. have to, you have to temper it a bit yes. or other things can happen. Like what happened to you? I had, I had something similar. I had a, uh, um, a, it was sort of a partner. Um, and I, I say partner because I, I had some of this, this tempering stuff in there already where yeah. it was, we didn't have a legal partnership set up. We had a, a contractor, mm -hmm. contractee relationship set up mm -hmm. where there was a paper performance in place. So mm -hmm. monetarily it looked like a partnership, mm -hmm. but legally it wasn't a partnership, mm. and, which is great. Um, and uh, he was using the systems and stuff. Um, found out he got, he got a, the wagon with drugs and alcohol and um and started using the systems we had set up in his business to embezzle funds from his uh his clients and stole something like thirty thousand dollars um and you know when the detectives knock on the door and they're like hey what do you know about all this and it's like <laughs> whatever whatever you want i've got all of yes. it right? yes. you, know, you can yeah. you can access all the all the de details and all the data and everything that we we collected yeah. um yeah so like i've been there and it's uh it's it's rough but it's it's rough yeah. Um, luckily, there was no nothing that he had done damage to me or my business. It was just his own his own business that he uh, yeah. he had damaged, um, and yeah. I was able to to sidestep that. But yeah, it's like someone that you you trust and that I you trust. Uh, yeah, I trust them. We were friends. Like our kids had played together, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah his his was his was less of an evil and more of a, uh, a a you know he'd gotten himself back into drugs and alcohol, and you make poor decisions when you do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the same kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, it's a, yeah, and so I'd say that's my flaw. Um, I do trust everyone, and because of that, I move through business very fast. I get through a lot of red tape because I I am trust. I believe in people, but uh, but but yeah. So that's a painful lesson. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about your common enemy, right? So this the way I like to think about the common enemy is your client, <laughs> right? If you could. When someone hires you or you're they're hearing you on stage or reading your book or whatever it is, if you could go into them and use your magic wand and like erase something that you know is holding them back, what would that be? The, the common enemy is really simple. You know, everybody wants to have the dream, the vision of freedom, the opportunity for wealth, the opportunity for happiness. And yet they don't really believe it. 
So you, you enter into this and I'm a product of that. I have a, you know, I said I came from a horror movie, but I live a Disney movie right now. So nobody feel upset for me. Right. I got my cave. (laughs) I travel. I have a great time. I love my life. And so what I come up against consistently is um, this limiting belief that they face. And they're so certain of it that they sabotage their own success. And so, you know, when I tell people that their mind does sometimes does not serve them, there's a reason I say that, yeah. right? The mind does not serve them. And so um, usually when I come up with those people who are really stern and sure on their limiting belief, I, always, I often say this, how's that working for you? Happy? <laughs> yeah, is it giving you the result you want? Yeah, yeah. How's it working? You know, is it working for you? And they're like, yeah, it's not really working for me. I'm like, hey, how, how about this? How about I invite that you try it my way for six months? And if it doesn't work out, we can always go back to your life. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I call that the, uh, the um, there's a name I have for that. I'm going to forget what it is. It's uh, basically you're, you're, you're inviting them to take part in a provocative question. So like, what if yeah. for just a little while, we tried it <laughs> another way right? yes. and just see what happens. Right. And, and you know, if it's, if it's good, great. If it's not, feel free to, you know, be exactly. like, oh, that was stupid. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Right? Yep. And then it's not a, your way is wrong and my way is right, which shuts people down. It's more of a, let's just explore something new together. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I would say that is, is the enemy is two things combined together are explosive. If they are individual, I can deal with them. When they combine, they're explosive. Ignorance and ego. Yeah. If you have ego, but you're really educated, because I have a strong ego, I'm not going to lie to you, but I have a strong ego based on foundation. Like I can, I can be comfortable in what I know, Yeah. right? But if I don't know something, if you throw me into a cooking class, because I'm the worst cook you could meet, I'll tell you, I'm the worst cook. I, you know, I broil cakes. Don't, don't, don't listen to me. But when you have ignorance and ego, that's explosive. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing I try to focus on is, you know, making sure people can get the education they need. So they're not coming from a place of ignorance and then fear, which blocks them from being successful. Yeah. And I always, I like that, that, that delineation too, between ego and ignorance, because like there's nothing there. Ego can be dangerous if it's paired with ignorance, but ego and yes. you know, I like to say like arrogance sometimes if it's earned is really useful. Exactly. Right. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, you know, arrogant <laughs> in some of the things that I'm really good at because I've earned it. And I know, I know my, I know my way around a few things. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, which is really great when you're in a sales presentation or when you're speaking from stage, or when you're writing or when you're speaking with authority, people will listen to you because you have that, that, that level of arrogance that you realize is earned. Right. This right. guy knows it this guy or this gal knows his shit, right? Right, like exactly. That, that's exactly. allowed. Um, and then in the other areas, like where you have ignorance, that's where humility is really, really useful. Right? Absolutely. Like, so when, when someone asks me, they're like, hey, can you run ads on this platform? I'm like, I know how to write an ad. I don't know a damn thing about that platform. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, we can explore that if you want, but it's not, a, um, it's, it's not something that I know really well. Uh, exactly. 
and that's where where you can have like it's really useful if you have like i know how to learn like that's a skill i've got really well so if you like you know if you want to you know learn together how to build a refrigerator i'm sure we can figure it out <laughs> ikea <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can figure something out together but you know it's like i, I love that 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 uh, delineation there between arrogance and, and, uh, yep. and ignorance Yes. I want to also give you gold for you and your audience, because I deal with especially a lot of women uh, who say they don't want to brag. The idea of bragging. So here they are, they're in business. And I say, okay, give me your elevator pitch or sell me. They're like, I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. So here's my definition of brag. Bring repetitive, authentic greatness to the world. If you are bringing repetitive, authentic greatness to the world, you need to brag. Absolutely. I love that. You need to brag. So I brag all the time yeah. <laughs> because I'm always bringing authenticity and greatness to the community. And if I don't brag, nobody's going to know about it. Yeah. Your message can't help anyone if it's, uh, you know, what do they say? Under a bushel. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you have to let, the, let your light shine and uh, exactly. let people hear what you're doing and see what you're doing because it really helps. Yes. So that's actually a really good transition to the next question, which is the driving force, right? So if your common enemy is something that you fight against, your driving force is something that you fight for, right? Spider-Man fights to save New York, Batman fights to save Gotham, Google fights to index all the world's information. What is it that you fight for, Kedma? I fight for justice. Pretty simple. I know I sound like a superhero. I fight for justice. Here's my dilemma. I believe in open access to opportunities, especially funding, because without funding opportunities, we are constantly in a position of uh, some people have it and some people don't. Mm -hmm. If everybody has an equal opportunity, doesn't mean everybody wins. Yeah, but we're not talking equal outcome. We're talking no, equal opportunity. No, equal opportunity. So I play chess. I love playing chess. You cannot win a chess game if you don't know the pieces to the chess game. Yeah. You can't win if you don't understand how the queen works, how the bishop works. Once you know the rules, then you can have a chance to win. The problem we have in funding is most people don't know the rules. Most people don't know how the players play. And so justice is not served. If we elevate everyone with education and everybody knows and then chooses not to, mm -hmm. then my job is done. Yeah. I'm not here to chase them to do it. I'm, I'm here to teach them what they may not know. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a, a good, what do you call it, a good uh, um, way to play the game, right? Because most people, they, I don't know. I always like to think of entrepreneurship and business as a game that we're playing. And a lot of people are playing the game and they don't know all the rules. Right? That's right. And they, learn, they learn certain sets of the rules, right? I learn how to do product sourcing or I learn how to do HR or I learn how yeah. to do um, you know, accounting and like, there's all these things that you have to learn to successfully run a business and funding yeah. is such a huge thing that most people, it's a, um, cloak and dagger voodoo kind of thing, right? Yes. Like everyone looks at it and thinks it's like Google's SEO. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. <laughs> Nobody, know, exactly. Nobody knows. <laughs> and the rules change all the time, but funding is just one of those things that if you lift yes. the, the cloak a little bit, the rules probably haven't changed that much. Right. And, and, and yes, learn what they are. yes. Learn what they are and then learn how to understand where to find it. So if you ask me, it's about, I live in justice. And I have to tell you, just clear out for anybody listening. I cannot stand bullies. I don't care who you are. And I don't care what position you hold. I, I have gone after, no disrespect, I have gone after people I report to 
If I feel that they are preventing access to people, you do not want to be in front of me. The train will go forward. And you have three choices. You get on the train, you wave me goodbye, or you go in front of the train. It still moves. Yeah. So it's all about access for me, which leads to justice. So that's, that's, my, that's my thing. Awesome. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about your tools, right? The hero's tool belt, right? Maybe it's a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. What are some of the tools that you use to mm. either help people get access to funding or that you use to teach people about funding? Um, what are some of the tools you use in your business to help you know, do what you do? Um, I think from a communication perspective, it's um, making sure that we match their language. I cannot, I don't know about you, I finished my master's in business. How many professors spoke to us as if we were astronauts? And yeah. I'm like, uh, does any, is anybody here really understand what they're saying? Or, or oh, did, we just, did we just go into a French class? So, so I think what's re really important is whatever you're speaking on as an expert, make sure you match it to their language because you know, if I'm dealing with a scientist, I can absolutely match their language. If I'm dealing with someone who dropped out of school, you know, and never finished high school, I'm still going to give them the same information, but in a way that resonates for them. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, is you have to have your, I call it the, the good funding mafia. You have to have people who are representing you and know where to find the funds for you. So whatever you call that, your advocate, your gate, your gate supporter, your, I call it the, the funding Uber person who's going to get you in the vehicle and say, oh, you want to go there? Okay, let me get you there really quickly. We're not going to do a lot of stops. We're going to go right there. And so sometimes it's as easy as me picking up the phone. I'll give you an example. I was working with a client a few years ago who I was developing a new product in the houseware industry. It was a new product um, that was going to, you know, support people in the kitchen, really thought they had a great idea, was thinking about licensing it and wanted to go through all the costs, right? Filing the patent, making sure you have the prototype. I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. I say to this person, oh, houseware? Hmm. I happen to know the head of licensing for one of the largest houseware uh, companies in the country, they review about 4,000 new houseware products each year. How about I call this person, send them your product and have them analyze it, okay? That to me is gold. Yeah. Because one person who reviews 4,000 in the industry is going to give more advice and more knowledge than anything this person could have done. And that's what happened. It was literally a phone call. And within two weeks, they were on talking to that person. How long would it have taken that person to have access to that person? Long time, especially like that. Someone like that's reviewing 12, 15 products a day. Probably, probably never. Yeah. It's right. Really difficult. So, so, so the other part is giving them access to difficult people that normally they can't reach. Absolutely. So, oh, my, uh, my daughter's coming in and saying hi. Here, Hello. Here. No worries. I have three boys. Here we go. Hi. My toddler. You look so cute. <laughs> she's, she's, uh, she's coming in to inter interrupt the show. Um, <laughs> the show will be right back.
Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? You can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. Um, so my, my next question here is, um, it's pretty simple and it has to do with your own personal heroes, right? So Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors? Were they speakers or authors? Were they peers who were just a few years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far? Uh, my top hero was Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. When I was going through the biggest struggles in my life, I learned one key thing that I've stuck with. I learned that no matter what was happening outside of your, 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 who you are, so anything in the external environment, whatever it was, no matter how difficult, nobody could own your thoughts. Nobody could own your thoughts. And I learned to discipline that. So I would watch her on the shows and I would see what she would do and I would see how she would fight for justice and I would see how she had her little truth, um, you know, she would, you know, lasso people up and say, tell me the truth. And I embedded that so much so that in many ways I became her. And so I live like that. Anybody who knows me lives like that. And so I, uh, I think that that really um, saved me in so many ways and also allowed me to become the person I am. <laughs> That's cool. So it was actually, actually a comic book hero who yes. helped turn you into a hero. Yes. That's the first time I've had an answer like that. A lot of times people have, you know, authors or mentors or coaches, or something like that, but an actual superhero who really helped define who you are, which is, I think, yes. really wonderful. Yes. And everything I have is her. So um, all my, every, every, every computer, all my bags, my car, um, every sport I do, everything. So off topic, did you like the Wonder Woman movie that came out? Look, I like Gal Gadot because she's Israeli and I'm Israeli, but nobody replaces Linda. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually really enjoyed the movie. So it yeah, was, I liked it. I liked it. But I, you know, she's, you know, I emulated who I am by, based on, um, you know, the original Wonder original Woman. Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Cool. So let's break it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about your guiding principles. What are the top one or two principles or actions you use on a regular basis that contribute to your success and influence your joy in your space? Right, maybe ones that you wish you'd known when you started out. Now, can you give me an example so I'm clear with the question? Yeah, so like some of the guiding principles, one of the things that I, I hear regularly on the show is like, you know, I, I, uh, I, you know every day I, I put my, my things down on my journal or mm. um, I list my, my things out, stuff that you do on a regular basis that helps drive your business. Mm. Well, one is my mantra, so I'm about to tell you it. I don't tell a lot of people, but here we go. I say two things every single day when I wake up. And they contradict each other, so hold on. <laughs> First thing I say is I'm the luckiest uh, woman alive, and I really believe that. Luck finds me every single day uh, because I believe that I am very lucky. Uh, the second thing I say right after I say that is today's my last day on earth. Okay. Now, 
I, I say that because um, what it does is it brings home to me that I don't get tomorrow. I only get today yeah. because I believe in that wholeheartedly. I live my life as if today is my last day and I'm careful who I surround myself with. That is huge for me. Um, it's, it's, a, it's really like understanding that you only have now. Right? You only have now. Yeah. yeah. So many people look at their life in terms of like what my future is going to be. Be, but nope. every future that you imagine is not a reality it's something not, that hopefully make happen but right like you only have right now i only have today and i will tell you right now if i die in five minutes or maybe after this podcast or audio i am going to feel happy because I, I live with no regrets i live my life as if today's my last day i really do that would be very uncomfortable for me so this is this last episode we did my, my guest died right on the show so there you go <laughs> <laughs> okay we're not gonna we're not gonna promote that i'm just saying that's definitely one of my mantras the second mantra i have um is uh and i live by this and i'll explain what it is <laughs> i have a rule that i only have one friend per state um and um the rule behind that is i am really cautious on who i bring in my inner circle so I have people who will call me and say, listen, I want to be your friend. I'm like, where are you located? I'm in Oregon. Yeah, that's taken. So that's not possible. <laughs> that's then I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you have to wait for them to either relocate or die, or there's an opening in South Dakota. Otherwise, we cannot be friends. Happy to be acquaintance, but there is no room. And I've done that for years because I want to make it clear that um, I'm very, very careful who I bring into my inner circle because your inner circle is going to affect you. So mm -hmm. that's how I do it. One friend per state. That's crazy. So who's your, who's, you know, you have a friend in California? Um, I do have a friend in California, but I don't believe I have one in Florida. Oh, see? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I'm really careful. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just in California right now. So we can't yeah. until I go back. Yeah, it California. doesn't work like that. You have to be stationed there. <laughs> you can't just go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really cool. Um, so I uh, I like the the feeling or the the thought thinking behind that is mm -hmm. that the five people you spend the most time with are the ones that you become like, right? So not the five people, the five tribes. Because um, I'm a math, you know, I have you know my background is math. So if we did the five people, and God forbid something happened to you, I've just lost twenty percent of my tribe. So yeah. we don't want five people. We want five tribes. So if something happens to you, I still have my tribe. So I like to think of the five tribes. So I have a speaker's tribe, a finance tribe. I have a business tribe. And that way I don't put a lot of stress on that one person. Yeah. Um, but I do put, I put the value on the tribe itself. That's a, that's a good way to think about it. And like, if you actually look at your life, you probably have them that way, right? If you're listening I do. To that, I know. I, know I, like, do. I do that, right? I have, I have my, my uh, business tribe and yep. there's several people in it. And there's people in that tribe that I'm closer to than others. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you have your, you know, in my case, I have my religious tribe and you exactly. have your, uh, you know, I have, have my, my LinkedIn tribe. tribe. Yeah. I have my superhero tribe. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I like the way you, uh, you think about that. So, <laughs> last question is pretty simple. Um, I do this on every show. I call it the hero's challenge and this way the hero's challenge goes. Do you have someone in your life or your network that you can introduce to me that you think has a really cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come on the show and share their story? Oh, I have so many. Ugh. Just one. Um, Helen Anderson. <laughs> Helen Anderson is a rock star. She is the former uh, Mrs. Oregon. She's absolutely stunning inside and out. 
Um, she started her company, she's a nurse, and when she was having kids very young, um, she was uh, nursing, because she's a nurse and she was nursing, and she was having a hard time with nursing, collecting milk, and so she developed products for nursing moms. And um, she did so successful in that business that she sold out to a very large company, I think two or three years ago. And now she's like the chief lactation officer. She travels around the country. She does these shows. She gets to work from home. She gets paid really, really well. And she's such an inspiration because she didn't come from the business world. She came from, I have a problem that I need to solve. And she now solved it for millions of people because now when you go to any WIC program or program supporting low-income moms, um, her product is there to support these moms so that they can go back to work but still have connections with their babies. That's really wonderful. Yeah, and some of the best, uh, the best businesses come from people who are just solving problems in their lives. Right? Mm -hmm. That's why we call them heroes. That's why I call them heroes anyway. Exactly. So problems for people. Okay, so last part is basically where can people find you if they're interested in learning about finance or they want to hire you to speak uh -huh. or they want to coach with you, where can they find you? Second and probably more important is who are the type of people that should reach out? Yes. Well, they can find me through you, of course, because I always <laughs> want to honor. Um, if you find another Kedma in the world, run. So there should just literally be one me. So you can find me on LinkedIn, just Kedma O, and Kedma means to move forward. Um, you can find me on KedmaO.com, my website, or TargetFunding.com. The kind of people who um, would be best for me are anyone who have visited Mr. or Mrs. Google in the last year to try to find funds and realize they can't find it. So I love clients who are, you know, challenged right now. Um, so anyone is, who is in the spectrum of saying, you know, I would like more funds or I'd like to understand that. And second for speaking, because I speak all over the country, it's for organizations that are working with entrepreneurs and small businesses that would love to have um, a you know, superhero on stage that makes it fun. Uh, and then I also do a lot around women organizations. Um, so I just did a keynote for the Idaho Women's Symposium, uh, where I not only talk about business, but I weave in um, programs that are specific to their demographics. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be speaking at the U.S. Patent Office. I'm I just spoke at the National Hardware Show. So I honestly, I weave into anything related to entrepreneurship within certain verticals. So um, it could be everything from science to, to housewares. And just as a uh, heartfelt thank you, I do appreciate having female role models for my daughters to look up to. I have three daughters Yay. that I, I hope to, uh, um, you know, to uh, brainwash into being entrepreneurs at some point in their lives. Um, so, yes, I love it. Uh, so anyways, um, it's, it's really great to hear from other women who are doing cool things and getting on stage and inspiring young women all over the world. Um, yes. So thank you for that. Um, and last thing, you have a book coming out. I yes. think by the time this episode airs, it'll probably be available for purchase. Where can people yeah. go to find that book? What's it about? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. So um, it's, it's hitting on the 12th. So July 12th, uh, Amazon, I'll be on a couple of TV shows um, this week, next week, just supporting people. Um, so it's really about um, the navigation. You could literally go through the book. We have over a hundred funding resources we put in the book. This is not a friend's family credit card thing. This is, oh my God, I'm going to read the book and I can go and I can follow up with the resources today.
So we'll have that available um, and then people can reach out. We're also building a target funding report database. So if you're saying, God, I love the book and I don't have the time, you can come onto the site, key in your variables and we will customize a report for you and you can just take it and go. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So the name of the book is Target Funding. And yep. we have, uh, I assume, same kind of thing on Amazon. If they just look up Kedma yep. O, they'll be able Target to find funding. you. Yep. Target Funding, so, Kedma O. Let me uh, spell that for people. So if they're looking for you on LinkedIn or on, on Amazon, they yep. can find it. It's K-E-D-M-A and O is O-U-G-H, which Correct. is, you said French, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Kedma O. My husband's so, Canadian. Yeah, so we have we have uh, we have the unnecessary letters to say O, but it's O U G H. Exactly, O U G H. Yes. Awesome. So thank you for being on the show. Thank it you. has been fantastic. I look forward to uh, to hearing from you soon. And I'll I'll uh, um, can you pre-order the book? Can I can I put it on yes, my absolutely. Wish list? absolutely. Uh, I'll go I'll go add it to my wish list so I get notified when it comes out. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank Excellent. you for coming on the show. I really thank appreciate. You. It.